The year is 1693. More than 200 people were accused of witchcraft in colonial Massachusetts, resulting in hangings, beatings, and jail time for many muggles. More than 300 years later, in 1992, a real witch by the name of Joanne Rowling was scribbling names on a napkin while waiting for a train. One of the names went on to become a main character in a seven-volume children's fantasy series, which spawned eight movies, which earned 1,127,040 galleons, seven sickles, and 20 nuts. Or, for you muggles out there, that's $7.1 billion. This franchise has made witchcraft all the rage and opened a new genre boom of young adult films in the early and mid-2000s. So grab your broomsticks, brew some pumpkin juice, it's time to cast ridiculous! That's right, the morons are talking, the Harry Potter franchise. Hi, welcome to the Gateway Gamers Podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm RP. And this is a podcast where a veteran like me introduces the world of gaming to a noob. Like me. Everybody, welcome back to our Gateway Gamers Blockbuster Summer. Uh, I am the co-host RP because host Brian can't get his words together. I know, I'm falling apart today. Brian, I don't like, I don't like Zoom. You? you know what's <laughs> happened? I have bought a major board game purchase and i have mm. just seceded you and now i am a, a gamer on par with you mm. and you're just you're nervous right now uh yeah. but we'll, we'll talk like, about that in a future episode it's like highlander you cut my head off now <laughs> there could be only one but uh we are here today to talk about obviously harry potter and mm. uh brian how are you bud how you, how you doing I'm good. I'm great. I'm excited to talk about these. I watched, I mean, I've watched these movies so many times, especially one through four, I want to say. I've seen the most. So kind of going back and I watched the second half of the series again because they're not as fresh in my mind. So I'm like, I'm excited to talk about them. It was a good excuse to kind of watch the series again because I I enjoy it. I do enjoy the series itself. So we've talked about Harry Potter so much on this podcast. Um, I think we've only done two episodes, but it's come up a couple of times. And then on previously recorded, I've talked about Harry Potter a bunch and even been on Harry Potter and the half drunk podcast. Do you're hearing your Harry Potter fan as well? After I've done our episode, go check out them. They're those girls are fantastic, but there's more, there's always more to talk about with Harry Potter. Yeah. Um, I agree with you. I've seen one through four so many times. We talked in our last episode that I, I don't really care for two. But during all this, the one that I realized I rewatched the least is five. Like I never rewatch five. And I don't know if five is Order of the Phoenix. And I don't know if that has to do with just it's just a it's dark. a weird movie. I don't mind the dark. I like the dark. It's a weird movie because it's probably like one of my least favorite books because there's so much in the beginning. Mm. that is just it's like 200 pages of harry's trial and i'm like i just do not care and six is the worst movie in my opinion but i find myself watching that one more because one it is on tv a lot because i always catch the tail end of the harry potter weekends but six i think is the worst movie because it cuts a lot from the book um and so i've seen but i've seen that a lot because it's always on the tail end of the harry potter weekends and i've seen part two of the deathly hallows a bajillion times Great movie. And I just, I always enjoy getting to revisit this series as well. Mm-hmm. In- so, including the books too. I've reread the books a bunch of times. 
Yeah, and again, I probably read the first four probably the most. So it's like it, those the four movies and books are like the most fresh. Mm-hmm. So like kind of revisiting five, six, and seven parts one and two were like really fun to do. Um, so uh, we're gonna do something different. We're we're gonna talk about all the movies as a whole, correct? Because the the board game Defense yeah. Kids Dark Arts went through the seven years. So we're actually gonna I'm gonna give like a synopsis of like each of the movie, just kind of remind everybody. Mm-hmm. So first one is what Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Or if you're from London or Europe, the, the Philosopher's, the Philosopher's Stone. Stone. <laughs> um so Harry Potter is an orphan boy, uh brought up by muggles because his parents died. Um, I'm just kind of spitballing, so you jump in whenever. Uh oh. and then Hagrid, this magical giant Hagrid finds him and kind of tells him that you're, you're a, wizard, a wizard harry i'm a what <laughs> and then uh <laughs> so then uh that he opens he the gets, world he shows him yeah the wizarding he world gets brought brought to the wizarding world and then there's evil afoot but you don't know that uh you think snape's a bad guy plot twist it's somebody else it's cool 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 cool, cool quirrell the poor p- stuttering p- p- professor quirrell yeah so uh, that's kind of it. The first, I, I, I kind of said in the last episode, I really enjoy the first one. It's really simple. I think it holds up still. It's whimsical, and like I like that you're part of Harry Potter's view. Like the the world's new to him, so you're kind of learning it with him as he goes. The whole yeah, it, it's... Snape being a bad guy was like a good scapegoat to find out that's Quirrell at the end. Like I mm-hmm. just, it's simple. Yeah, it's a simple. It's a fantastic introduction to the world. I, I think they they set everything up beautifully. You're introduced to everything as if you're Harry learning it for the first time. And I just think it's a great, a lot of stories do this, but I just feel like it's so effective in the storytelling of the books and in the movie that it's just, everything is effective. It's communicated to you perfectly and you're learning as Harry learns. And I just, Mm -hmm. I think it's great. And that's why that movie stands the test of time. Like it's still, 20 years plus years later, it's still fantastic. It's a, it's yeah. a great, great movie and really opened this world to, I know the book was huge, but this movie really opened it up even further and launched this franchise into one of the most famous franchises of all time and what most yeah. well-made franchises as well. Yeah. Yeah. They're consistent, but, um, but do you know really- anything about the, the backstory and how, this movie this book was actually made into the, in the movie like how it came across uh producer david Heyman, who optioned ended up optioning the book do you know anything no, about that? i don't know much i know what it was originally spielberg was offered he wanted to do it right or am i wrong am i making that up i'm I not I heard. sure um because i think she was worried that may have happened but she i know jk was very worried about it being americanized mm-hmm. and she wanted it to be be authentic to the british culture um but david Heyman's producer uh he's the producer on all the films along the fantastic beast films he's going on to do other stuff but nothing really as groundbreaking as harry potter and his secretary said to him hey i, I read this really good book over the weekend called harry potter and the philosopher's stone and his response was well that's an awful title but it led him to actually read the book and he immediately wanted went and got the the rights from jk and 
obviously she had some say in, in the creation of it. And I think that's also why it's so well made is because the author was so involved, involved. Yeah. And for this franchise, it works perfectly. So yeah, I just, I found that interesting that it, it sounded like people were now that movie kind of led a goose hunt basically to find the next Harry Potter, where people are reading all these young adult fantasy books uh, yeah, all the time. And now this adult one, boom. Yeah, this one didn't even cross somebody's mind. It was just very much, uh, hey, I was reading this over the weekend. Maybe you should check it out. I think that's interesting. I always like hearing those kind of stories where it's just like, it's not something they're looking for. It's one person in the office just like, oh, like, what about this? And then it gets picked up, becomes a phenomenon. But it is funny that like these movies led to that young adult boom of like Hunger Games, Twilight. Like it is, it is very of the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just, it started that whole boom of, let's find and it was it was at the same time as lord of the rings but it was just very much we need to find this this the next the next thing brand, yeah. the next harry potter you're always hearing the next harry potter whether it was aragon or uh percy jackson they were always looking for it it just <laughs> nothing has just really captured the magic that harry potter has and yeah it's still captivating people across the the world with the books and the movies and the, the theme parks and even the state show, which for better or worse. Yeah, I know. Uh, I know she was very adamant about all British cast because I always heard the Rob Williams Hagrid thing. Like that was always something uh, I heard. He wanted to be Hagrid, but she said no. And I, she said I she while writing it, she always pictured it as Robbie Coltrane. So she, from the beginning, okay, had, had him cast, had him in his mind, and um, also having her involved at this point. I think only the second book or the third book might have been out. And I think by the time they got to the second or third movie, Snape was like, Hey, I I'm ready to leave this franchise. He's, he's like, I'm not, whatever. Like I'm, I'm just not feeling it anymore. And JK yeah. told him the end game for it, for Snape. Oh yeah. I've heard that. Yeah. And so and he, he kept a secret. And yeah. He kept it secret, but he, he stayed around. Yeah. it's, it just kind of, I like that because it, it like kept him in character for like the rest of the movie like he knew what his character really was like they kind of portrayed him as a bad guy then we'll talk about how it spins at the end but i like that he do that so he could emulate that Mm -hmm. kind of from the beginning like all right like this is my character and it wasn't just every script he got he knew like all right this is the end game for this character here's how i'm gonna work and i and let's be honest he's uh alan rickman steals every movie oh yeah like every scene he's in like he is fantastic like every i'll give it to everybody i think the kids are a bit stiff in the first one i think they i love that you can catch hermione mouthing yeah the script mouthing other characters lines um but i think that also goes hand in hand with the respect that the adult actors gave to the young actors now, a lot of these films, you do hear a lot that, you know, they think they're better or they, you know, they don't really pay too much attention to the kids. But they said that there was just so much respect on the set for every actor involved. And they treated the kids as equals, not as children. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, and they said Richard Harris was very playful and whatnot. And I think that all just builds to the culture that Christopher Columbus built for the film. And it just all shows and it, it just it just freaking works, man. It just yeah. It just, it's the, it's kismet. It's just perfect. Yeah, it's, it's hard to think about like anyone else kind of being, like if they did do American, like I 
can't imagine Rob Williams as like Hagrid. If like as much as American, I love Rob Williams, it wouldn't have worked as well. If it went American, it would have tanked. It would have been terrible. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, it was like, you're you're a wizard, Harry. It would have <laughs> been like, the oh. very. <laughs> it would have been very much not to kind of throw shade, but how another Warner Brothers Warner. property, DC, they just kind of throw big stars into their movies that don't really fit and especially in the beginning like you know ben affleck is batman who whether you like him or hate him i actually enjoy batfleck for a little bit Mm -hmm. but that is what they would do they would just throw money at these actors where there was more thought process put behind it into who we wanted who jk had in mind and, and things of that like that and um and like i said christopher columbus he perfectly crafts this family story of these children and you know he has a history of working with kids and it was perfect and he was supposed to actually direct all of the movies in the beginning and then obviously he got the two and was like this is a shit ton of work i'm i'm done yeah yeah i think it i think the series benefits from, from different... having different directors yeah because he i mean some of the movies are wild like three like feels wildly different and it needed to but it, it works. And then like four or five and six feel like their own movies, which, but they all fit. Like it's not like some of them, Harry Potter is like really emo. Mm-hmm. It's like a darker movie, but it fits because that's what a like child angst at that age is. So, well, that's what I liked about three. So I don't want to just skip past two. Two is, I think, I don't know. Well, let's, let's, let's give a rundown of two. All right. So Harry, Harry survived. Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Yeah, Harry survived almost getting choked the fuck out by Quarrel. Not even magic. Yeah, <laughs> Quarrel just, just tried to, to choke him out. So he survived. Uh, he goes home for the summer. We're back with the Dursleys. And he's miserable. And he's visited by Dobby the house elf, who um, looks fantastic for 2000. What would that be? Two? 2002? 2003? Uh, 2002, because they came out like back to Yeah, it's 2002. Dobby looks fantastic for technology of the time. He does. Like, yeah, like so I think uh in that sense the movie holds up for sure. Uh so Dobby comes, tells him that he doesn't want to go back to school because he's hearing there's gonna be some dark shit going down this year and he doesn't want Harry to get hurt because he's a Harry Potter fanboy. Yeah. They really don't give an explanation. It's just he loves harry potter right like he's just a fan uh i think he's just trying to do what's right because it comes from the yeah i guess so because it comes from he's you find out that he's the the malfoys and Mm -hmm. he he had heard all about this so i guess yeah i guess you're just trying to do the right thing whether it's a fanboy or not so he tells harry can't go back to school he caused some mischief uh harry gets locked up by the Dursleys, and then he's busted out by Ron in a flying car um, where they go back to the school. Or no, yeah, they go back to Ron's they house. The, yeah, they missed the train. Yeah. I, yeah, so they go back to the Barrow, and Mr. Weasley, he, you get to meet all the Weasley family members that you didn't. Like Mr. Weasley and, and Ginny, and Mr. Weasley asks Harry, what is the function of a rubber duck? I've always yeah. loved that line. And then they go to Diagon Alley. Diagon uh, Alley to shop for their school supplies. Stuff. You meet the new Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher, Professor Gildor Lockhart, Gildor Lockhart, played by Kenneth Branagh, who almost didn't have the role. Correct? Yep. It was almost Hugh Grant 
And we would have been kind of talked about that earlier. I think he would have fine. I think he would have been able to pull it off. Hugh Grant has like a good gravitas, but can also be kind of an asshole, which I think Gilder, which I kind of get from Good Lori Lockhart as like a character. I yeah, think Eric Brown did a great I think he did a great job. Don't get me wrong. But I, I think Hugh Grant could have worked. He, he probably would have because yeah. every there's nobody in these movies that I'm like, this this person's a terrible actor or this yeah. doesn't work. In Everything the works. In the multiverse, there's a version <laughs> where it's Hugh Grant. In the multiverse, there's a version where it's Robin Williams is every, true, act, true. every character. <laughs> We're also they, introduced to racism in the Wizarding World, which is yes. what I, rewatching the first one, I really thought to myself, I was like, we should really get some racism. Like that would really, <laughs> really move these movies along if there's yeah. <laughs> some racism. Um, but it's more. We learn about what? Uh, so it's mudbloods, right? You have pure bloods, you have mud bloods, and you have squibs. No, no, squibs are just ma- people who have no met. Ma- well, yeah, squibs, no magic. So, uh, the janitor Filch is a squib, which he comes from a magic family, but has no magic. But I think it's just pure, it's pure bloods are both magic families, and then mud bloods are uh, none. And then I guess um, just a muggle is. Yeah. Well, no, cause, no, because Hermione's a mudblood, which is yeah, no magic in her blood. So I guess it's just pure half bloods, half blood. There's the other one. Yeah, pure blood, half just, blood, and they're, then... they're muddled blood because it's a wizard and a muggle. Well, no, no, mudblood is that's Hermione's... a mudblood, right? No, a mudblood is no magic whatsoever because Hermione. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every time we say mudblood, you have to beep it out. <laughs> it's just, a lot of it's too controversial <laughs> so we're introduced to racism um lucius malfoy um runs into them at diagon alley causes some mischief and his big plot is to slip a diary into 11 year old girl's cauldron mm-hmm. and we find out that the diary was none other than voldemort's tom Movolo tom tom marvalo riddle who's a. Uh, <laughs> emo as shit <laughs> <laughs> like just writing in his diary like i am lord Voldemort. <laughs> like that part always bothered me it's just like well he, it was so convoluted that she had to be like oh i do something really cool it's like oh tom marvala riddle i am lord Voldemort. Yeah. it's like oh like couldn't he just be Voldemort? Like, well apparently in different he has a different name in, in different languages of the film i don't know what they are but that is a they all equal the same they're yeah but yeah, so, so the, it ends up being he gets sucked into the diary. Hagrid gets thrown out. Um, they go into the Forbidden Forest and they see a giant spider, which Ron's afraid that of. Pointless. That should have been cut out. That yeah, spider but stuff it's just like a it's just like a big scene. I mean, cut it out. But yeah, so the spiders are stupid. Um, it's just really just a, a fun scene to learn more about the lore, and I think they do they do a really good job of that, just continuing what they where they left off in the first one. And even setting up for success down the road. I don't really have much to say about the second one. I don't rewatch it a lot. Um, I mm-hmm. like the book, but it's near the bottom. It's not the worst for me. Um, I just, I find myself not caring. Like when I, when I first saw it, I was like, this is great. This is so much better than the first one. Cause there was a little bit more action and mm-hmm. uh, just more with the world, but I don't, I just don't love it. I think now that we've gotten, older and they're such in this awkward teenage stage in this film which is this is great it's what they're going through i think like any normal teens but yeah yeah as much as i love two, i think two's the one with the most problems 
Like two is the easiest one to pick apart for me. So my biggest problem is always the snake being like 30 feet tall, like basically. Yeah. And how it's able to move around the school walls, like no problem. Like that part is always kind of iffy because in a book it's big, but I don't think it's that big because they mention Harry steps over its body. So it can't be as big as they make it. Um, So that always bothered me. My other thing, and I, I, I text you about it, is... Lucius is literally about to murder Harry Potter. Oh, about a cadaver, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, yeah, that's he's... a big thing. And then it would have just blew up the entire, <laughs> the entire series. What, what was your end game there? Where it's just like, oh, I'm so mad at this kid. I'm going to murder him right outside one of the most powerful wizards' office. Like, and then you're just going to walk out. <laughs> like, I, I need to like look at the book. I think he says like Avada. He says Avada Cadaver in even the in the book. book. Yeah, he's a bad dude. Bad yeah, it, it, that makes me laugh because also the other problem I always have with Harry Potter is like the four was unforgivable curses. Like I can roll with like the one is what controls people's bodies. There's the Imperiator's curse, Imperio. So that controls somebody. Yeah. There's the Cruciator's curse where you torture, yeah. and then there's a Vatacadaver. There's the three. Oh, there's not four. All right. No, it's only four the, the three unforgivable. So I I I can roll with the other two being a problem, but if Adakadavra, like I get that you're killing somebody, but you can literally murder anybody with any curse. <laughs> like it's not you like could. I can't kill somebody with like Alohomora, just float them in the air and then drop them. <laughs> like it's just Alohomora like... is unlocking a door, or yeah, I can unlock his brain or something. But I meant what is Avadakadavra? and then like later on in the movies, like. Well, there's They're making sep- giant septum- fire snakes and like <laughs> yeah, there's like septum sempra and the other ones where that mm. basically kills them. But that kind of just like a clean cut, no yeah. pain, just dead. Yeah, it's just always. Yeah, it's just. I mean, I it was is always what like, it eh. is. I was like, I get that's bad, but some of these other spells, I feel like, are pretty bad. Well, there's other ones that are meant to torture or pain or defend, mm-hmm. um, or make all the spells except for septum sempra that I remember from the book are really just about hurting or knocking somebody out yeah they're not the 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 fatal blow um yeah i guess avada kadaver is just like ripping your soul from your body but you really don't learn about that until four so like when he says avada kadaver like i really you don't how much you had planned you yeah yeah exactly but you also really don't know what the context of that is because i don't believe they talk about it in the first one uh at all they really they really don't talk about till the fourth yeah um it's really introduced but two is like if i like part of the reason why i have trouble re-watching like these start to finish is because i like i like one and two i just like i don't i just want to skip over it every it time it drags i'll give it that like i said i enjoy the, them but pretty sure it's the longest one and it's one of the shorter again they were in the beginning stages they mm-hmm. were including a bunch of stuff that now I would just take I would take these as ten episode series because that's the way that these movies cut out so much of the fun stuff. Like yeah, um, three is when they start to get rid of the the ghosts. Like you see, I think like one or two, you see the bloody Baron, and then it's gone. And then yeah, yeah, like they they did cut a they did cut a few things from the second movie, like um, nearly headless Nick's like five hundred five hundred yeah, which is or something like that also fine i could live without that yeah we don't need it but then yeah. like one of the cool things on the line that they cut is spoo like spoo is a big thing but that hermione does that keeps dobby relevant and then he just shows up again at the seventh one in the movie like it's two and seven 
Yeah, and um, you're supposed to like really care. Yeah, because he's in a fourth book too, right? Yeah, he's yeah, in. That's he's, all where Spew is. Spew is five, but he shows up in four because uh, he gives him the uh, uh yes he gives he gives harry the gillyweed and wingy is like the, oh, the fudges right. fudges the house one, elf yeah. and she's the one that actually sends the curse into the air in the beginning of the movie at the i believe so um so there's like a lot that they change and and as as we go forward we'll talk about why they changed it um but i don't have anything else to say about two i don't really have anything behind the scenes fun to share i've i've watched no so many behind the scenes stuff for these movies. I have a giant book of behind the scenes. Uh, I have all the ultimate editions of these Harry Potter's movies, which this was the biggest scam of all time. Uh, <laughs> if you're familiar with this. So they put out ultimate editions of Harry Potter, one of the first two movies, and they were going to release them two at a time. And each one was going to be the extended editions. Now, if you watch these movies on TV, they're all extended. So one and two are extended. And then after that, they were just like, nope, we're just going to put out these fancy box sets. Yeah. Um, and so you can only get one and two extended. However, if you DVR them or watch them on TV, three all the way through, I believe, even believe part two, there is extended scenes that uh, make them fun to watch on TV. But the biggest game of all time, because when yeah. I bought it, I was like, this is great. And so. I bought them all because at the time I didn't have them on Blu-ray. And then how many editions and covers and. So I have not bought a single Harry Potter film after these because not on 4K. I um, I own them digitally on 4K because I've gotten them cheap. Because these are movies that are great to watch in 4K and in your high definition because a lot of colors, a lot of cool effects. These things pop mm -hmm. and they look good. Um, and when you love a movie, you want to see it in the highest quality. It's mm -hmm. just the way I am. No, I get it. Um, so we kind of move on to three and three is yep. where things really start to change. So three... They switch directors and the tones of the books also started to get a little bit darker, started including a lot more uh, heavier adult elements of loss, of of death, of kind of just maturing and going through these things that we go through in life, which you don't really get in a lot of kid friendly adaptions. Like I know a lot of these things deal with death and, and going uh -huh. through all angsty teens and everything. But I just think the way that they're so eloquently handled, especially in the books, and a lot of that comes from Dumbledore. There's a lot of knowledge that Dumbledore gives. Like in the third book, he says, somebody you love never truly leaves you. They're always with you. He says something along those lines. Um, and, you know, once again, happiness can be found in the darkest of times, as long as you remember to turn on the light, basically like things like that. It's just that, that learning that lesson, every story you hear where they're, you know, all the way back to the Bible, there's always a lesson that's mm -hmm. to be learned with a lot of these maturing themes. And I just think Harry Potter really went from one, two, oh, these are kids books to, oh shit, these are not like they are for families and kids, but they're not children's books. These yeah. Are, they're not little kid movies. And it was really the birth of that. Well, at least for me anyway, the birth of that like young adult thing. And I've just learned so much from Harry Potter. I've learned, how to look at things, how to, you know, if you're having a tough time to remember some of these, these things that, you know, it's a fictional character, but that's why these stories resonate with everybody because you're not alone. You, you always have people, whether you think so. And and that's where three, like really starts to rev this up that um, 
and you want to talk about shit luck, man. Like every father figure in Harry's life <laughs> fucking dies. Uh, and but we'll start again. So Prisoner of Azkaban is about um, Sirius Black is on the loose. Um, and he is at the time uh, thought to have given up Harry's parents to Voldemort. And so he's escaped from Azkaban, the prison. And so now the Dementors are at Hogwarts. Everybody's kind of on the look, look out for him. And Mr. Weasley is told Harry to not go looking for him um, because at this point, Harry doesn't know that he is his godfather. Mm-hmm. Um, well, he overhears them, correct? At, yes. At, Half, yeah. Halfway through the, the story, he finds out he sneaks into the... Um, Oh, that's right, because in the beginning he says, "Don't go looking for him," because they know he's. Ha- they think he's after Harry. Exactly, and like yeah. Harry in the beginning blows up his his fucking aunt, like yeah. is who's a bitch, so like she deserves it. Yeah, but the ministry is just like, yeah, it's fine because yeah. they know what's kind of going on uh, with Sirius Black and and how Harry's special, and this is before harry kind of starts to speak out on the ministry and so yeah he finds out he's his godfather and then now he's he wants to kill sirius because he betrayed his parents and his he best was friend he was their friend, their friend. <laughs> he was their friend uh and you know we we, we get the the marauders map in this um also Peter, introduced to one of my favorite characters lupin yeah, Professor Lupin, yeah. who is by far the best defense against the dark arts teacher that they have uh, in the entire and, and story. And another, another tragic father figure for her. <laughs> exactly, who who eventually bites the dust. And um, so Lupin, we, we find out, is, is a werewolf. And Hermione figures it out, obviously, early. But then Harry keeps seeing Peter Pettigrew on the map. And Peter Pettigrew has been dead. And all that was left was a finger. Plot twist, it turns out that Peter Pettigrew was the one that turned over Harry's parents to Voldemort, and he has been Ron's rat this whole time. For three books. <laughs> this this well, guy has been... For, well, longer than that. It's like well, yeah. 18 years, and he's lived longer. Do than... they ever explain why? Oh, it's How... because, because they... of information, right? No, no. he he Somebody finds the rat. I think that's all, like... One of the no, family I mean, members. Yeah, why is he with the Weasleys, though? I think Isn't it Bill, because... in the books, I think it's like Bill or Charlie. Because it's, it's been passed down through his family. Yeah. Because he's had them. Hold on. Let me look this up. But, but Peter Grew doesn't just like, oh, I'm out of here. <laughs> like, I thought, for some reason, I thought it was because Weasley was in the ministry. And if he got word of Voldemort. Yeah, it just says looking for a wizard family to take him in. He came into possession of Percy Weasley uh, and then eventually to Ron. So because Percy doesn't go to the ministry until the, the later. Yeah, but I so mean, I, his I meant the dad. The dad works for the ministry. Yeah, they. I don't think that's it. I think he Maybe just, I, I made that up. I made that. It's just, you know, what, that might have been a better, but there would have been somebody better for him to get. But who the hell wants a pet? There's people <laughs> that like pet rats. I had two pets rats. So did you really? That, yeah, I, I love them. I don't like mice. I don't like rats. Um, but that's what happens. And then yeah. Sirius and they find out that uh, Padfoot, Prongs, Wormtail, and Mooney are uh, Harry's dad, Lupin, Lupin, uh, Sirius, and Peter Pettigrew. And Peter Pettigrew gets away, and then Snape protects him again. And Lupin turns into a werewolf, leaves, and Harry sets uh, Sirius free mm-hmm. after time and... traveling. I was about to say, 
And that's when you think the movie would end. But no, no, there's cause, more. Cause Sirius <laughs> dies by yeah. the mentor who's after him. And you, you think the movie's over. Yep. No, they go back in time and it shows how it's a nice. This is a good one to rewatch if you've only seen it for the first time, because then you start to see like, why the hell is Hermione like appearing and gone? And they're all yeah. shocked that she's like there. Um, and there's a lot of cool stuff in this book, in this movie. There's for as as long as I've been alive and I've seen a lot of movies time do time travel. This one does it almost perfectly. Yeah. Like it, there's no the only logic I have with the introduction the introduction of the time turner is just like why haven't they like why is it this more regulated like why haven't they used this better why wasn't this why, used to save harry's parents like and like why was it given to this girl <laughs> like yeah so the, i know it's girl a power of a god professor mcgonagall gives it to her because of her class load that is I, <laughs> what they don't explain like <laughs> this fucking 13 year old girl they're like yeah you're responsible like just go to class well, she is she i mean does. if anybody <laughs> if anybody it's like hermione because she's literally I know. she literally in the first movie says what will die or worse expelled i know and, but it's just ridiculous it's just like see, that's not the I other don't thing nitpick because it's very much, much yeah it's a i know it's a MacGuffin. like it's just like a mm-hmm. thing that helps them advance the story but like it's never another, used again it's never used another again. yeah well, that's the other problem. Another thing that I texted you about when I rewatched it was uh, that Hermione's taking Muggle studies. Don't you think she should just have an A because she's a Muggle? Like uh, she lived in the world. Like it's that's like me a. taking. Yeah, like <laughs> you know, she's all about the grades. It's an easy A for her. I know that is I'd an easy love, A. I, I would do Hermione. the same thing. I love Hermione. She's great. Anyway, but so this is the then introduction uh, of my favorite character, Sirius Black. He is so cool. There's a lot of good stuff with him that's not in the movies, but in the movies he's played by freaking Gary Oldman. What's not the love? Yeah, he's played perfectly think, by Gary Oldman. I think they. Uh, I think that's where the movies fail the most are uh, the characters that l- get lost or die, and they don't. They don't give you enough. Like they're sad, obviously. Like when the characters die, you're like, oh, that's sad. But like I feel like they should they could cut out some of the other shit to give more for Sirius Black. They could give more for Cedric Diggory, even. Like they could give more for some of these characters, like Dobby. Like Dobby could be in it more. Dobby like, should have well, I guess yeah. I think at that point, if they had known that Dobby was gonna be crucial in the seventh, that they probably would have found a way to include him. Mm-hmm. But they did it. And yeah. They were just like, but he's a fan favorite. People love Dobby. So you would think that they would. And I agree. Like, there's not enough time with some of these other characters. And again, there's only so much. These are bigger books. But those are my, I think the biggest failings of these movies sometimes are those where it's like, all right, you know, this character has to die. So just create like two or three, like more moments. Like obviously Sirius Black, like there's a connection and they love each other but like just a little bit more like just cut out some of this other silly stuff and the only thing that i have i do have a problem with in this one is that harry is so trusting of him right away like harry's trusting of everything he's the most gullible kid in the world i know he is like come over here potter and like Like, like, he's like (laughs) he is stupid a lot of the times like he's like a lot of what happens is just luck for him and they Mm -hmm. talk about that luck and his friends yeah, his friends and luck, and it could well, have very, it could have just been Neville. It could have very yeah. easily been Neville, 
Um, That's one thing I also like at the end of this is because the first two movies, he does kind of get saved from everyone else where this movie he saves and book. He's waiting for someone to save him mm-hmm. and turns out to be himself. Like, that's just like a nice moment yeah. where uh, if there's a part of film where what is it earlier? He sees he so when they go back in time, he sees the, the Patron has come across the lake and he thinks it's his dad. So he's yeah. waiting for his dad to show up. So then when they go back. And you you kind of believe yeah. it because you're like, oh, okay, well, if there's time travel, like at first you're like, yeah, what the hell, and then they do time travel, and you're like, oh, okay, maybe. Yeah, it's a bootstrap paradox. It's called in time travel, where it's like, how did that start? Like, if you see that, like, who invented it, or like who started? Like, it just it's it like, doesn't what, make sense. It's, it's a like, paradox, but what came first, the chicken or the egg? And yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. They kind of I forget yeah, what happens. Then they save Sirius, and there's they, a happy and, ending. And, but Peter Pettigrew gets away. That's yeah. what happens. Um, so, yeah, yeah they Pettigrew gets away. rats away. Sirius lives. But this one changed. And we talked about the changing is because this came to director. Christopher Columbus realized that it, the workload of the first two was just too much. He's like, I, mm-hmm. it needs to be passed on. And it went to Academy Award winner Alfonso Curon, who really changed everything up. He changed up the style. He let the kids, because if you, if you notice one of the things is their wardrobes are significantly different too, because he Mm -hmm. allowed them to incorporate a little bit of themselves. Uh, So Ron's stuff's a little bit more loose and um, they, they upgraded the wands. The wands all now had distinct features before they kind of very boring. Now they, they make them about the characters. And he also was giving the character, the actors homework. And kind of like clockwork, uh, Harry wrote a whatever paper. Hermione wrote like a 10 page paper and Ron didn't do it because he didn't think that yeah. Ron would, <laughs> would do it. And would do it. And it's funny because these actors were at least Hermione and Emma Watson and Rupert Grant were huge fans of the books coming in. And so I think they, they're just really great. And it, it just it just works. And so they took this darker turn a tone. That's why this movie looks so different. And he mm-hmm. actually wanted to do the fourth. This third movie is a lot of people's favorites. If you ask around, it's kind of across the board. Mm-hmm. People will really say it's this one. Well, I hear a lot of it's this one, the first one or the last one. Uh, All right. people's yeah. favorites. And uh, he, so he did want to do four due to the, the length of the book. It's a 750 page book. He wanted to make it two films. And Warner Brothers said absolutely not. So yeah, that is which, why he left. It stinks. Yeah. It does stink, but at the time this wasn't yeah. Now we would be like, okay, like we probably would have taken each one is two is yeah, two parts. Yep. Yeah. Oh, they would have milked it for everything. Yeah. Exactly. And uh this would the only way I want this remade is is on TV. I don't want another movie. Yeah, I want to um, animate it. I know you hate animate it, but I but animate it would work in a in a style not like Clone Wars, but more like and not hand, like what if I hand drawn hand drawn yeah well, hand drawn animation. It might work, but yeah, so this work. went to uh, Mike Newell, uh, who really kind of just came in and took his own twist on it. Again, they continued to let the characters be themselves. That the long hair was very much in that time which doesn't go in line with the timeline of the movies. The timeline in the, in the Harry Potter world is like Harry is born, I think 1989 or no, no, no. He's born 1980. Cause his parents. Cause when is the final battle? 90s. 
seven. So Lily dies in 1981. So Harry's born in 1981. So this is actually going on. Uh, he's 11 in the first one. So he would be, was that 1980, 1992? And then the Battle yeah. of Hogwarts is like 97 or 98. So it's not really in line with anything, which. With the does, style, that, the that time, shit, yeah. That shit does not matter. But this is obviously the one, again, continuing that teenage thing where they have their ball. So the Goblet of Fire is the fourth one. Um, we'll kind of get into the plot synopsis of it. It's just, this is the sports movie. This is the one where there's, <laughs> yeah. it's, a, it's a tournament. It's, it's aside from just Quidditch, we have uh, these two schools, these three schools all come together. You got Hogwarts, Durmstrang, and um, the Bow Batons, uh, which is an all-girl school. Durmstrang, I think in the, mo- in the books, they're not. I think the bow battens but, in the book is female, but in the Durmstrangs have both. But then the yeah, movies, they only did the all, male. It's all guys. Uh, in the beginning, obviously, there's the World Cup, and somebody shoots the dark mark into the sky, which is the sign of Voldemort. And um, this movie's all about Voldemort's return. So, so naturally, there's the Goblet of Fire. It comes to the tournament. Tribes of tournament comes to Hogwarts. Naturally, Harry ends up in it. Harry, yeah, <laughs> somehow in it, <laughs> of course. Of course, as always, because if something goes wrong, it's Harry's there. Yeah, we get we get introduced to one of my favorite characters, too, Mad Eye Moody. Which um, Mad Eye Moody do you like, though? Because well, this one is the only one we freaking know, <laughs> uh, and and it's exactly how he is <laughs> all the time. So you know what I don't like, and this is just a nitpick in the books, in the fifth book, when they obviously come to pick Harry up. He calls him Professor Moody. Harry, he was never your professor. Yeah, he's he not was, a professor. He, he so was never your professor. Yeah. Well, we'll do a quick spoiler. Mad Eye Moody's a character to introduce is the new defense against dark art. Every year there's a new defense against dark art. They're it's literally throwing, the, like it's throwing villain, characters. Like a villain of a week is on a TV yeah, show. Yeah. Defense against the dark arts new every year. Yeah. So it turns out that this character that was extremely nice to Harry the entire book and like a bit eccentric turns out to be uh, the bad guy because it's not Mad-Eye Moody. It's this guy, Barty Crouch Jr. Barty Crouch Jr. I always love that scene. (laughs) His tongue. And then, uh, so it turns out he's been drinking his polyjuice potion. It could turn to anybody the whole movie. You think he's drinking out of a flask because he's a drunk, but it's just polyjuice potion, which is a great twist, a really good twist. But but later on in the series, Mad-Eye Moody is a character in the the movies and the book but he's the exact same <laughs> like it's not any different Which, marty Crouch jr was so good <laughs> at playing mad eye the only thing i would have to say is he's a little bit more devilish may say but i would say he probably had to like study him or something or or knew him because know, but just he had he, to trick dumbledore he had to trick dumbledore, yeah and he does like yeah, that's my it is, only it is funny because like they they act like they're like best friends later. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. you you are missing an entire year together. Like how? <laughs> so then Harry's name pops out. Mm-hmm. Harry Potter. Uh, Did you put your name on the cover? One of the greatest <laughs> missed deliveries of all time is you put your name on the cover of fire. because in the book it says Dumbledore says calmly. Calmly. Harry, did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire? In the movies, Harry, did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire? Yeah, he like, he like against grips him the, the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, this is obviously, we Dumbledore was replaced in the third movie. And I say, 
Mm-hmm. It's good because I couldn't see Richard Harris doing half the stuff that Dumbledore nah, has to do. It's, I, I like the ancient Dumbledore in the first two yeah. for what he was. Like, you could tell he's just this old, decrepit, like, <laughs> but super wise, but like candy loving but we professor. Need we but you need Michael it, Gammons. like, yeah, you needed somebody with a little more actual physicality. Exactly. And I, I think he did a great job. Like, I enjoy oh, yeah. his Dumbledore a lot. Like, I like the cheekiness but like the grumpiness and like later on when he's like suffering like i mm-hmm. think he does a great job he's he's a very good dumbledore i, I do like him a lot and i think he's written very well mm-hmm. um so then the the three tournaments go on and moody helps him with every single one we have the the golden egg and the dragon we have the which again left leaving out percy weasley or um not percy weasley i'm sorry uh charlie sure. weasley charlie yeah uh who trains the dragons and he's the only weasley never in the movies at all and then we get the underwater one which is cool with the gillyweed harry is the gillyweed and yeah, which then... gives him gills so he can breathe underwater like i i think that's the biggest i like i think the uh the dragon one's cool because he ends up using his broom that's his skill again he has to depend on his own skill to beat it um i this think is where accio also comes in the play. yep Accio, one of my favorite spells um and then i th- i like the underwater stuff but i think the biggest again the other biggest problem with these movies are i get that it's the harry potter show but i want to see how the other people did it because that's the coolest part in the books is that they are all able to perform these tasks their own way like mm-hmm. there's no one true way to do it to do it they can all use their skills and like the one person i know in the book makes like a bubble over their head the one guy that's cedric forms into a shark like i i think uh, Victor that would have been cool to be more utilized but i get it's all about harry so the four other students are fleur delacour cedric diggory harry and then victor crumb who is this Quidditch mm-hmm. player and was taking a liking to hermione but that is part of what how they were able to condense down the movies the books and yeah. movies is they specifically relied on just things related to Harry. So that's why Spew doesn't make it. That's why um, a tons, ton of other yeah, yeah. doesn't make stuff it. Stuff that there's, obviously can't be cut out. There's but... like great stuff in the book involving Harry and Victor um, because Victor ends up getting like possessed at, at one point by, I think it's Mad-Eye Moody. Mad-Eye Moody, like yeah. A, a scene in the Forbidden Forest. Like there's so much good content in these books. And this, this is why I continue to never read another book because I always just end up back at Harry Potter, my own fault. Um, and then obviously the, the final task is the Triwizard Tournament, which the cup is bewitched as a port key, which we were introduced to in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. And it takes them to the burial ground where Voldemort is brought back to life and the Death Eaters are Where back. again, you think the movie's over and it's one of the coolest, I think of all the series, this is one of my favorite like parts. So this is my favorite movie. Okay. Of all of them and a lot of it it has to do with not only the the tournament but the ending itself and how voldemort is brought back and and mm-hmm. the thematics and and their battle like everything here yeah. done perfectly i love it mm-hmm. i love it it's great. he come he comes back and he's like fucking awesome <laughs> like it's yeah. just like i'm back bitch it's me <laughs> and everybody starts coming back all the death eaters start coming back and yeah him and harry fight he kills cedric diggory um kill the spy yeah and then my boy my boy but the heart yeah so 
It, it, it could have been better, more Cedric. Yeah, <laughs> could have been important. again utilized. But uh, yeah, so Voldemort needs Harry's blood because his parents it's... died to save him, so created like a a bounce curse kind it's... of. So yeah, and Umbra- it's, it's why a... Harry uh... couldn't be touched by Voldemort in the first movie. Yeah, it's it's like a charm kind of. A, I don't even know. Yeah, Voldemort can't attack him at home because of his mother's love. It plays some yeah. spell on the house or whatever. Yeah, so whatever blood, so Harry's blood being revived by that is able to allow him to touch mm-hmm. Harry, which a cool scene where he's like, I can touch you Tune. now. Like, um, and Daniel Radcliffe is fantastic in this whole scene. He's great in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but Voldemort is played in such a way that I would have never like wrote it that way. And I love it for that. Like I would have had like Voldemort, like very menacing, like a Vader where this guy's almost like playful. He's very theatrical. Like he Mm -hmm. swishes around and like, he's walking around barefoot, like all the time. But like, I I love that. Cause I remember seeing this. I don't, I don't know if I saw this one theaters, but I remember like when I first saw it and I was like, this is not the Voldemort that I had in my head. Really? Like and I love this for nah, like I had him a very like just brooding, menacing. Like, darker, menacing where this one like he's playing with Harry. Like he's like really like just like fucking around kind of because he thinks he won, so he's just being yeah. like super Showy. egotistical and cocky, but like I love that like showmanship that he kind of has. Like it's just and some of that allows to the the world that they set up too, because he's very much like he's like now pick up your wand. You've been told how to do mm-hmm. And he doesn't want to just... Just kill him, yeah. Kill him. He wants to earn it. He wants to feel mm-hmm. vindicated because he was taken out by this kid. And I, I agree with you. I, I guess I really never thought of it because I I was late to the, the books. I saw the movies for first mm-hmm. up to the last one. And the last one was the only one I read first. I read half of six before the movie. But I guess I never had that opportunity. And so it's actually really an interesting perspective to hear that. Yeah. I never thought. We yeah, I don't. That. I don't know. I forget when the fourth one came out it as came compared out, to the movies. Uh, I think the book was two thousand and two thousand and four or two thousand. Okay. Because the movie was two thousand and five, so the book was two thousand. Okay, so because she went. She I went thought like, so because I remember like one, two, three. She like banged out the first three, and then four took a little bit, and then it was like every yeah, two or three years. I remember the fourth one was like out or coming out when I started reading the series. I read the first three because the fourth book was like that's when I think I think the fourth book coming out was like the hype train. Like finally, Harry Potter fever had set in, right. so that's when I was like, oh, I'll read these books. And I remember Wildwood buying the first one at the bookstore down there, reading it. And I, I, I remember destroying it, like just reading the shit out of that book. Mm-hmm. That's the one I've read the most. Know. I read it myself a bunch of times and I had to read it in school. But um, I guess that's like, I never really had that. I never had always had, that. had the that's movies. The, yeah. yeah. And so like, even like getting that opportunity to do that, I don't have that with a lot of things. Like one of like when the Guardians of the Galaxy came out, that was like the first comic book that I read before the movie came out. Like, and so I had mm-hmm. this, this idea of who these characters were. And I actually really enjoy when you are able to do that because you have what's in your head, but then you have what they show on the screen and you can pick and choose what you want. And so now yeah, when I read sometimes it, it works. Yeah. 
there's nothing in these movies that I'm like, this should be different. So like when I read Harry, it's Daniel Radcliffe, it's Emma Watson, it's Rupert mm-hmm. Grint and stuff. Yeah, ab- uh, absolutely. Now it's just interesting. Cause I, I like love Voldemort in these movies. And I think it's great be- because of that and theatrics. So a lot of people hate part two Voldemort in part two, when he's laughing and, Hugging people, you know, because that is confusing a lot of people don't like that they don't i like that because i like not to jump ahead but like i like that because i think in a way he knows like he kind of has to be somewhat like like he can't just go through fear and like and i know that hug was scripted completely yeah so his reaction like uh what's his name's reaction to the hug like he's all confused is like genuine because <laughs> i think he just like i was like ah oh, come here and gave him a hug and i think even the kid was just like uh <laughs> but yeah for that that kind of does it for four mm-hmm. um so highlight for me for four though um is that this is where my favorite piece of harry potter music comes from it's called the potter waltz and it is what they play in the the opening dance scene to the yule ball okay i know exactly um, what you're talking about yeah favorite if i'm having a bad day if i'm in a weird mood if i it it just solves everything it's one of those it's one of those Mm -hmm. beautiful things that music can do and the music across the board uh for harry potter i'll I'll throw on hours of harry potter music uh while i work Mm -hmm. while i have to focus like it just it just helps so much but this is where my favorite piece of the music comes from yeah i've I've walked in on you slow dancing yourself to the song <laughs> so like i know how important it is to you exactly it just i love it and then also a fun fact is um so mike newell in the scene where the weasleys jump over the line put their name in and then they grow the beards um mm. so he's like no i want you guys to really get down and rustle so he got down and with them and he ended up busting his knee on the tile of the floor. And I think he had to, he was like on crutches for the rest of the shoot. Like he, <laughs> he really like fractured or cracked his knee or something. Um, but it, it, it shows in that scene. Yeah. Yeah. Or just like, you gotta, you gotta die for your craft. <laughs> so the movie yeah. ends with Harry saying Voldemort's back and nobody believing him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and kind we of start with the Order of the Phoenix, Order of Phoenix which is, I think one of my least favorite books and movies. Yep. Yep. But I, I enjoy some of the elements of it. Like I, I like, like you said, you know, like the court drama stuff. Like I, I kind of enjoy that because it's Harry Potter. I finally on his own. I like like it. It's too long. And I get that. Absolutely. But I, I like that it's because Harry's been so famous for so long and it's been his, crutch of like how he gets away with stuff and finally that's kind of broken like he's famous for now like infamous for like a different reason and like no one i mean people believe him but they're still like people just don't want to believe him and i like that like he's taken a court for that kind of like yeah so like how we talked in the third one where the minister's kind of just like oh it's fine uh when he blew up his aunt but this one he performs a patronus because of dementor comes out and it starts to attack him and his cousin and so he does the patronus charm and then it's a full court hearing 
mm-hmm. in the book it's like a 200 it took 200 pages yeah um, i like then, the world building of that though you know i like that kind of stuff because i like as it much... too however yeah. i prefer yeah move along Hogwarts. but this is this is the 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 beginning of the end this is where yeah this movie, this book, this is where everything is start. This the dominoes are set up, and now they're ready to get knocked down as we build to the two part, you know, finale of six and seven. Yeah, and once Voldemort comes, it's it's a it's a run to the finish. Like it's a totally different tone. Like there's still some happiness and some angst, but like it's a lot of sadness. It's a lot of dark. Yeah, it's a lot of anger. This one in, in particular is because, um, which we begin to find out, is that there is this bond between Harry and Voldemort and mm-hmm. you're starting to learn a little bit more about it. And uh, that's when we learn about legitimens, I believe is where Harry starts working with Snape to black. Oh, yeah. He saves, um, he ends up saving Mr. Weasley from a snake attack in the ministry. Cause he sees it in a dream and, and Dumbledore's avoiding him. And there's the, court. yeah, that's, that's what I hate the most. It's just like that whiny Harry. Like, and there's a lot of whiny Harry. And it's like, oh, look at me, Dumbledore. You won't even look at me. And it's like, fuck, Harry. Like, come on. <laughs> so he, so Vold- Dumbledore has completely shut Harry out. Mm-hmm. He completely, and he is just, you know, he Sirius is on the run. So it's not like he's spending a lot of time with Sirius. So he needs that connection. And him and Ron are good now. They were arguing in the fourth one a lot, but they're good now. But he still needs that Dumbledore mentorship. He mm-hmm. needs to know. And Dumbledore's afraid that Voldemort will be able to know what's going on. So he leaves him out. You know, the Order of the Phoenix is now a thing uh, led by Sirius. Lupin's in it. The Weasleys are in it. Tonks, which who we introduce into this movie, mm-hmm. uh, who's great. I love Tonks. Mad Eye Moody. Professor Snape's in it too, who some people trust, some people don't. And Dumbledore. And this mm-hmm. is the Order of the Phoenix. And they're getting ready to. They believe Harry. Not everybody at Hogwarts believes Harry. So Harry's dealing with that the entire time. So it's a very angsty. Harry's just like, you motherfuckers just believe me that yeah. this guy's back. <laughs> like, I'm gullible. Can't you guys just be gullible? <laughs> <laughs> um, we're also introduced to one of the best villains in the uh, series. So I think this is the one of the reasons, too, why I, I don't rewatch it a lot or I don't like to reread it is because she's she's worse than Voldemort. Mm-hmm. like she makes my skin curl she makes me angry and this is professor dolores umbridge yeah fantastic and whoever the actress is i don't have it in front of me pulls it off fantastically like she's so uh, this <laughs> character is repeatedly described as having a frog-like face in the book how do you feel getting cast like as you're the actress wow. yeah how does that make you feel the picture they have in the book it's great basically looks her look make her look amphibian like she doesn't even look human but i i love umbridge and i love i love these type of villains because she's not she's not like a powerhouse in the sense that she's not a problem because she's like magic or evil but she's in charge like she is like to these kids like she's an adult that is in charge and like you can only push back against her so much so it's not even like she's like a force of nature and the fact that she's like the best wizard or she's evil but she's just like a, a adult figure that you have to listen to and it's just it works so nicely the, and she's up the ministries ass. yeah it's a good story because mm-hmm. Dumbledore and harry are pushing against the ministry 
and the ministry is pushing right back against Harry Hogwarts. And so they send her to be the new defense against the dark arts teacher. And so she is basically a spy for Cornelius Fudge uh, mm-hmm. at this point. So, yeah. So then, I mean, there's also the big thing in this movie uh, aside from, so we have the order of the Phoenix, we have the death eaters back, which is the bad guys. And then we have the Dumbledore's army, which. Yeah. Harry, is that what this, I couldn't remember if it was this one or the next one, this is Dumbledore's army. Okay. So they form here and uh, it's basically just a bunch of students who, cause the, since mm-hmm. Dolores is teaching, Umbridge is teaching defense against the dark arts. They're not learning stuff that they need to know that can yeah. actually save them. And so they're Harry, fluff. Yeah, exactly. They're learning like two year, like year two spells when they need uh-huh. to be learning how to protect themselves. And so Harry and Hermione form this and, and ron and uh harry mm-hmm. starts to teach and harry, um, yeah he shows off his like natural leadership skills like yeah. he has that one scene in the movie which i love where he's just like he's like hey, you know when you're you're doing this in class like you're not you're not realizing like you're within an inch of dying and like seeing people you love die and it's just such a good scene because it's like harry's seen some shit at this point oh, yeah. like harry has been on the precipice of death like Every more year. times than like anyone will in their entire life so it's coming from like a place where he knows mm-hmm. and i like that um i also love uh we get a lot of new characters in this one so we get luna in this one correct like it's i always mix this yeah. one the sixth one yeah, yeah so luna comes around uh Ginny um, kind of steps up a bit who and then we also a... get cho cho chang cho chang shows up in the in goblet of fire but, got but she's in this one yeah a lot and Cho Chang is a problem. Yeah, she is a problem. <laughs> First off, her name is Cho Chang. So the actress, just... <laughs> the actress spoke out about it, and it's how racist it is. So oh, did she thing, really? Yeah, and like I never heard that. She was receiving like she kind of <laughs> wanted to speak out about it while filming, and they were like, "Shut up! Like, don't say anything." The most like stereotypical Asian name. Who I love the character. I actually really like her character. Um, not in the movie. In the book. Not more. in the movies. Yeah, her character stinks. She literally um, is like gone, forgotten about immediately. But there's a really funny thing. So um, I don't know if you're familiar familiar with Darren Chris at all. Mm-mm. Uh, so he's a Broadway. He was the music meister on The Flash. Um, he's talented. He can sing. He can mm-hmm. act. Um, but he and his friends put on this musical called a very Potter musical. And uh, it was never on Broadway, but it was like off Broadway, like one or two shows. I'm not sure. It was popular. It's on YouTube. You can go and watch it. Uh, but there's a scene where they're talking about Cho Chang, Cho Chang. And so Harry goes up to the old, there's like an age, there's like three white girls or three <laughs> non-Asian girls and then an Asian girl. And he goes, hi, Cho. And she goes, I ain't Cho Chang, bitch. And it was like this white girl just like walks up and, it, and, and it's it's great. It's so funny. Um, but it is just like how like eloquent and uh, like how she like JK just seems to choose like the names and words so well like Lupin is a werewolf and his name is Lupin like yeah. which is like lupus like a wolf like it's just those type of things but you give this girl her name's Cho Chang mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know it's just like well more thing I am I am someone that as more has come out about JK, we know that she's oh, not yeah. as great as as these books, these movies are all about acceptance, love, understanding, friendship. 
And that's how I choose to look at these. And yeah. so I, and, she's, and this is me growing up too. I, I am, I'm ignorant. I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. and I'm reading it and I'm just like, oh yeah. Okay. Cho Chang. I never mm-hmm. thought about it till I got older. And when I got older, I was like, man, that is fucked up. Like that yeah. is, it's, it's wrong. Like, and then the only other Asian character she introduces is the snake that gets its head cut off. <laughs> like, Nag- uh, Nagini. Nagini. Yeah. that's. But anyway, yeah. that's a case. <laughs> I don't got time. We don't got time for that. We talked about it before. JK is a problem. We love her product, but Um, but we don't support her. The end. Exactly. This movie, this movie's also near. I would say this is my. The thing is, I don't. The one that I like the least in terms of book to movie is six. I think it does a horrible job. However, there's something about six that I just enjoy watching. I think because it's so light it's so fluff it's like a lot of fluff um uh, mm-hmm. that i will just throw it on even um, re-watching them i blend five and six in like one movie okay like i take the best parts of them and like smash them together mm-hmm. and then i take the worst parts of both of them and smash them together <laughs> and i forget what movie that's why i'm later like is luna in this one or this one <laughs> because they are like the same movie and- to me there, there is better. There's a lot more better parts in this one because, like you said, we got the introduction of Luna, uh, we have the mm-hmm. Order of the Phoenix, and then the big thing in the movie is the prophecy. So it's overheard. Trelawney reads this prophecy. It's not in the movie, but it, in the book, the prophecy is just neither can live while the other survives, meaning that Harry and Voldemort are going to have to kill one another for one of them to survive. Mm-hmm. It's basically all what it is. And so you don't find out what this is. So they're after this prophecy the entire time. And that's why the Death Eaters are also after them and why they don't kill Harry because they need him to get that prophecy from the Ministry of Magic. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of the. can unlock it, right? Is that what it is? Yep. He's the only one yeah. that can unlock it because it's his, uh, which is like when everybody's born. I think it's like when everybody's born, there's a prophecy associate assigned to them or something. I mm-hmm. don't remember how that works. Um, and then that just leads to an awesome battle between Voldemort and Dumbledore at the end. Like it, this is one of the best uh, yeah. choreographed uh, visual effects fights. Uh, and it's, everything is polar opposites. It's fire and water. It's mm-hmm. glass and sand. Like it's great. It's so good. It's, it's magic. That's mm-hmm. it's literally they're using magic. Whenever Harry and Voldemort do anything, it's a red beam, green beam. Like these are two wizards doing magic like he makes a snake he makes glass and the birds or whatever he does like he does they both do like cool stuff stuff because they're flexing their magic muscles mm-hmm. instead of the usual boring like every other battle is just like people poofing in the one spot and then yeah. shooting bursts and then they're they get hit and they spiral away yep. where this is like the coolest because they're actually doing magic they're doing cool stuff and like it works like this is this is the part where i'm like oh, okay this movie's good <laughs> like finally yeah. we got there and so i think after like talking about it and watching it that this is the one i actually i don't like i don't dislike this one as much as i think i do because there's mm-hmm. a there's a good harry and and serious moment there's a heartbreaking harry and serious moment um yeah we got bellatrix in this one right yep, that's and bellatrix yeah. is yeah. in this one who's maybe a five is, villain maybe six is the one that i six i is, think six i hate is, you should hate it because yeah. it's it's not a good movie in terms of the main plot of the sixth book is just brushed over because it's yeah. you it's just we'll get to we'll it get there in, yeah in we'll get there next synopsis. um <laughs> but yeah this one this one is 
this one is much better than I remembered. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the introduction of David Yates, who has not left. He's overstayed as well. He has directed five, six, seven, eight, Fantastic Beasts, one, two, and three. He does a horrible thing in this one and the next one of putting a tint on the film. He puts a blue tint on this movie and he puts a green tint on the next one. And the only reason I can think of is that the the cover of the book for this one is blue. The cover of the book for the sixth one is green. I don't know why else. And I freaking hate it. I think it mm. it ruins good quality of some of the movie. Yeah. It's a weird sepia tone. It Snyder fi- them a bit. Exactly. Makes them darker than I, they need to be. And I think he does a nice job finishing it up, but Fantastic Beasts, not good job. Um, but anyway, so what? Uh, this one ends What's his name? Serious Dies at the end, right? Serious Dies. No, it's this one. <laughs> Serious Dies. And uh, everybody remembers now believes that Dumbledore is back because they've seen him and you get the classic well, we know line, Dumbledore's uh, back it's or, uh, Voldemort <laughs> Voldemort sorry <laughs> we uh, do Dumbledore's here the whole time <laughs> we're, we're on the fifth movie I've just been t- talking we're plot. rambling at this point yeah. exactly so then so everybody knows that he's back mm, um he's back. he's back and now we go to the half-blood prince which essentially all it is is Harry needs to get a missing memory to learn about the horcrux and learns that Snape is the Half-Blood Prince and appears to be, he kills Dumbledore. And Damn, you do hate this movie. You're just like... I do. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. Um, because this movie, there's this this movie destroys my favorite book. This is mm-hmm. my favorite book. And I'll tell you why it's my favorite book. All right, here we go. It's my favorite book because you get some really fantastic interactions of teens just growing up there's a lot of jealousy between ron and hermione and then you get the budding love of harry and Ginny, and and that's good because Ginny is a washcloth in these movies she's in the useless. movies yeah. in the book she's fantastic and then what also is great about this book is you get so much backstory to voldemort that makes voldemort a more compelling villain a better villain and snape and, snape as well you get uh you get to learn about and and, and i said this in our episode they don't even fucking tell you why it's called the Half-Blood Prince. He just says mm-hmm. on the Half-Blood, it's because his, he was a Half-Blood and his mother's last name is Prince. They could mm-hmm. have so easily included that somewhere, yeah, but they, they don't. They give so much flashback for yeah, Snape. Yeah, and she learns, not in this one, the flashback of Snape is in Seven. Is in Seven. Is it just in Seven? Yeah, it's in Seven Part Two. That's when we get the, the flashbacks. Because you don't know Snape's the Half Blood Prince. See, that's how end. much I blend these last couple movies. Like that's how much they are the same to me. And I guess like the, it just you know the and other. That's ones the problem with the directors. Out. Yeah, where yeah. it's just like you need a different director to make them stand out a bit because the 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 four movies are just kind of like so the same mm-hmm. and like blah. But like they saw their moments. I'm not saying they're bad at all, but just like. Even the worst Harry Potter movie is still an enjoyable, good movie. And that's why this yeah, is a, yeah, yeah. It's still enjoyable and good. There's a lot of stuff that happens. And they really focus on in the movie the Harry and Dumbledore relationship, which is great. But there's mm-hmm. more to this book that makes that this my favorite book. I just, yeah. it's, it's so good. It's so well written. Um, and the scenes are great. There's so much good. The, the Voldemort backstory, and they only brush on them. And you yeah. learn a little bit more about why he picks these items to be his horcruxes and whatnot. So I, I just, 
this movie just brushes over everything. It's a it's a fluff two hour movie. Yeah, yeah. There's some good parts. I like I like Slughorn. And that's the problem. There is really enjoyable yeah. moments in the movie because it's very loosey goosey. And I don't know if that's you know Harry was Daniel Radcliffe was going through some alcohol issues during this filming of this movie. So I don't know if that alludes to why Harry's a little bit more aloof in this one. Yeah. But, but yeah. yeah. Wow, you really hate it. So we'll just brush over that one. Uh, if you came here for Half-Blood Prince talk, you can and this move is, along somewhere else. I know my my <laughs> my friends over at Half, Half Drunk Podcast feel the same way. Uh, we've talked about it at length. But yeah, this movie is very much just a setup of... And, and, and you know why else it annoys me? They add this weird Burrow scene because they said this movie lacks action. Mm. In the end, when Dumbledore is killed, there's a whole Spoiler. battle in in the yes, yeah, sorry, in the Great <laughs> Hall. There's a whole the whole thing, and then there's a great Dumbledore uh, burial scene just skipped over. Yeah, there's so much good stuff where Harry's realizing what he's got to do. He breaks up with Ginny, like this whole forget it. I can't talk about it. We talked about uh, when this book came out. I think. I think they announced somebody was going to die. Like that was like a big part of it. They're like someone major dies in this book. Like it was on the news. That's how big it was. I remember like NBC action news being like Harry Potter books coming out. Someone major dies in it. And uh, I remember my mom bought it, brought it home. And I remember being on a computer, probably playing like Monopoly on a PC or something. And like my brother got it and he's like, Oh, like who's Dumbledore. And I was like, Oh, why? He's like, cause he dies at the end. And I was like, you mother. I was so mad i was like are you kidding me oh, it's a big moment and but I, then i read I, it and i was like oh, okay <laughs> that was well, yeah, the, the, the birth of the, my spoiler yeah i was gonna say you're the king of spoilers uh this dude looks up spoilers in, in advance um, i don't like to be surprised uh, <laughs> that was the birth of it i still <laughs> etsd i don't want to be surprised um i had it ruined for me at camp um and it wasn't really ruined band camp it wasn't band camp uh camp calvary I was the one counselor was reading the book and I said, and I think he said somebody dies. And I was like, can I guess who? And he's like, sure. And I was like, state. He's like, no, I'm like Dumbledore. And he's like, yeah. And I was uh, like, oh man, like, I wish I really, you're hoping, hoping it was Ron. You're like, oh, yeah. Ron, please. <laughs> um, but that's six. And let's move on to the finale. We've, we've talked enough about these films. Um, that's going to be our longest episode. All right. So Harry Potter, and a Deathly Hollows part one. They finally part, did it. Two parts. Two parts. Um, I like part one a lot. Um, I'm, we don't need to. Every, I think everybody has seen part one and part two. <laughs> we don't need to synopsize the, these movies. <laughs> I love as the night goes on. It's just like, all right, well, you know, it's Harry Potter. Come on. <laughs> it's the finale. All right. Harry goes to look for the horror cruxes. That's literally, it's all walking. What are the horror cruxes? Let me talk about it. So the horror cruxes you, you, you skipped it in the, in the last synopsis because i've never had to talk about <laughs> each movie like this before I, I my brain is melting i don't i don't know what to do um, horror cruxes are a super magical evil spell that harry had to learn from slughorn in that movie we don't talk about um because slughorn was tom marvalo riddle aka lord voldemort's teacher and AKA, accidentally taught him aka he must not be named aka voldy aka no nose no the list goes on and on yeah yeah yeah. um so he was his teacher accidentally taught him about these horcruxes because voldemort asked because he knew about them somehow and then uh 
But Vold- so, Dumbledore I- knows everything. Yeah, Dumbledore's a shit, but we'll talk about that. <laughs> um, he is a so, Yeah, so... Uh, so the Horcruxes are basically taking a piece of your soul and putting it into an object, which normally you do it once, but Voldemort this, did it. This motherfucker did it seven times. Yeah, seven times. And once by accident. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's how that's how wild he is. And yeah. it's supposed to be like it makes you immortal, right? Yeah. Like, is that as what long it, as these items are alive, you will not die. Yeah. And that so, explains how he survived everything uh, kind of everything yeah because uh, you always wondered like how the hell did he end up in the back of Quirrell's head and it's well because pieces of him still remained so mm-hmm. dark dark magic so this one's all about harry ron and hermione truly being on their own trying to figure out uh where all these horcruxes harry is left without them two of them mm-hmm. uh well one of them's been destroyed or two of them's been destroyed uh the ring from the sixth movie that fucks up Dumbledore's hand and the book from the second movie. Those are two. Yeah. And we have Marvalo's emo journal. And then we have a, one of the horcruxes. <laughs> yeah. And we have the necklace series Black's brother finds uh, that they eventually find and destroy. We have the cup of Hufflepuff and the tiara of Ravenclaw. There was nothing Gryffindor and it was Harry himself mm-hmm. and the snake was the last one so this one they destroy it's basically like a fetch quest it's them like that's basically what the last two movies are is them finding these objects to destroy so i like this movie it's a lot of things happening yeah i think it's fine it's just a mound of woods for like a while and it's the setup there's a lot of little details that they get right there's a scene that i don't love um kind of i don't like at all uh of harry and hermione dancing together and yeah why is his pants down i just don't understand (laughs) why is that not me yeah Um, so they said they put that in there to kind of break the tension up and there is a hundred percent a moment where it's like will they take the next step Mm -hmm. because there's like and that is never their relationship they're really i understand when you're alone in the forest whatever but that's never their relationship. She's in love with Ron. Ron's in love with her. And Harry, that's, mm-hmm. Harry's never felt that way. And they make a point to say that in the sixth one where he, go, he goes, no, she's great, but no. And that makes me really angry because something else. I'm pretty it sure David added, said that, but it was, it was, it was added a, tension now. Yes. And it was yeah. to break up their, their own tension because this, every time they wear the horror crux, they get more angry. Mm-hmm. There's like a scene. I, I mean, they just destroyed the Horcruxes. That's really it. Yeah, and, and Ron uh, disappears for a while. They find the lock. They find the sword of Gryffindor. That they, there's a really cool bank scene too. That's that that ends this movie, or they end this movie and starts the next one. And mm. obviously, Dobby dies. Um, but there's a cool scene with where a Doe Patronus Patronus. There we go. The sword and Ron and Harry find each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's kind of this one, and and this one ends with Dobby dying by Bellatrix Strange. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's we we skipped a lot, but <laughs> we did skip a lot. But in the interest but, of I mean, time, it, in the interest of yeah, time, it's I'd it's rather, a good one. I'd rather talk at length about um, the next one because the Wizarding World is on the brink of kind of falling apart, of the, the Death Eaters kind of taking over mm-hmm. and those who are still willing to fight holding on. And I, I think these two movies, they do a really good job of showing 
the how the world even in the sixth one too how the world is changing how the world mm-hmm. is like not the same yeah, it really, really puts more of an emphasis on the on the the battle of hogwarts yeah you really start to see like the cracks really start to show because they even show in the muggle world that they're attacking like the, they destroy a bridge at one point like you so say you're starting to see like it's a bigger problem than harry potter like it's not Voldemort's just not trying to kill Harry Potter. Like there's chaos like everywhere. It's like, it's really affecting people and you're starting to see how many followers Voldemort actually starts to get. Like, it's not just the few handful of death eaters that you saw. Like you're starting to see there's people like out in the woods, just hunting kids. There's like, there's people who are allying with them like more than you've kind of seen so far. So you're really starting to see like the stress and the tension that, Mm-hmm. Voldemort being back is causing because you've always heard about the Death Eaters and like what a problem they were but you haven't at this point seen like how shitty it was what Voldemort was around so I kind of like that they because throughout the movies they kind of you only see it through Harry's point of view but they showed little glimpses of other things happening mm-hmm. and I, I kind of like that because it creates like oh this isn't just a Harry problem well, it's exactly. Everybody. And and you see that right before the end of the movie of the part one, where you learn about the Deathly Hallows as well. And the way that they do that, I think, is so cool with the animation. Mm-hmm. But you meet Xenophilius Lovegood, Luna's father. And mm-hmm. they have taken Luna to get to Harry because they keep printing the truth in uh, which there's the, the quibbler. Yeah. And the Daily Prophets, obviously. Uh, and public enemy number one is Harry. Um, mm-hmm. so I really enjoy that scene and, and all you have to, you find out all you have to say is Voldemort and they know where you are, like where you are. Yeah. And I think that that's really cool. Um, would you learn that the, the, that the Deathly Hallows are the cloak of invisibility, the elder wand, which is the wand that, uh, Grindelwald had and eventually Dumbledore and then the resurrection stone. So mm-hmm. Which is conveniently placed somewhere, which we will get to. Um, mm-hmm. And but conveniently, then that's... Harry has the cloak of visibility since he was 11 yep. years old. <laughs> yep. And in this, they so after the Death Eaters show up, they capture Harry, but Hermione stuns him. He says his name's Vernon Dudley. And Draco knows who he is, but doesn't give it away. And so... Yeah, I like... I like Draco's character development in the last couple movies. So do I. I think he he can't kill Dumbledore. So that's why Snape has to. And he's really just starting to see he's a dick, but he's not. He's evil. not evil. Mm-hmm. And I really do like it, too, because he saves Harry and, you know, even Narcissia Malfoy, his mother, mm-hmm. helps Harry out as well. Yeah. What's is it this movie that he curb stomps Harry, though? <laughs> what's no, the one where he, one. That's a sick he one. stomps on the them. shit out yeah. of Harry? <laughs> Throws the invisibility cloak on him. That, that part I'm always like, oh damn! He like stuns <laughs> Harry. Harry's on the ground, and he goes over and he stomps on Harry's face. Oh yeah, and then, he fucks his nose up, um, and then throws the invisibility cloak on him and just leaves him. <laughs> and then uh, Luna finds him. <laughs> yeah. But that's really part one. Like we said Dobby dies, and then they mm. uh, they get back to uh, Bill Weasley and Fleur Delacour. We start the movie off too with the seven Harrys, which was always very cool. 
Uh, but like I said, in the interest of time, I think everybody has seen these, especially if you're listening to this. This, yeah, if you thing, made it this far, you've you've seen these movies. I don't need to synopsize, and I'd rather spend a lot of time talking about the finale, mm-hmm. uh, Deathly Hallows Part Two, which um, Deathly Hallows Part One ends with a fucking awesome scene of Voldemort going to Dumbledore's tomb and opening it up and taking the Elder Wand from him, and just seeing this mm-hmm. dead Dumbledore. And then the electricity or the uh, the beams of whatever the hell he shoots in the mm-hmm. air. And then the movie ends. And I think that that is a perfect ending to really kick off the big finale. This is a mm-hmm. two hours nonstop action. Really not a chance to breathe. There's like a couple scenes where you can. But I love part two. I think part two, they change things up from the book in the interest of making it a more compelling film. And I really like that. Yeah, Yeah, they wrap everything up very nicely i feel like they they give everyone their due mm-hmm. like everyone has like their scene like you all the a lot of the characters who haven't been around for a while you kind of see like they they do a good job like wrapping up the series mm-hmm. basically the they have to go to gringotts and they break into gringotts posed as bellatrix strange they get the cup and this is where the one scene that i actually uh, i really like is Ron goes Accio Horcrux uh, and it doesn't come. And I'm like, I like that because we mm-hmm. would just, that would have saved so many yeah, so yeah. much time with a lot of stuff. And I like that it doesn't work, but then they break out on the back of a dragon. They go to Hogwarts. Um, they, they sneak in, they meet Dumbledore's brother, Aberforth, uh, who you learn a little bit about Dumbledore's past, which it's so mm-hmm. in the book, it's so that the, the secrets and the truth, the, the life of Dumbledore. Yeah. And it's great. And I could spend an entire episode just talking about the complexity of Dumbledore, but he is, he really is such a complex character. And you really start to see that side of him in this movie that Harry in, in part one learns, Oh, he had a brother. He had a sister. He was friends with Grindelwald. And Harry didn't know any of this. And then in part two, you start to see his Dumbledore a good guy, or did he ever really like Harry? And yeah. I, I I know the answer is Dumbledore's always going to do what's good for whether it's somebody he loves or doesn't love, it's mm-hmm. for the sake of the greater good. But he just happened to end up growing attached to Harry. And then you find out about Snape still loving Harry's mother. Um yeah, I don't I've kind of monopolized the. No, it I it works because uh, when you meet was that before like he's he's not like Dumbledore's biggest fan. No, so it's all. it's nice to like that's how you kind of find out the truth because that's where you would find out the truth is through yeah, family because he blames him for the death of their sister. Yeah, so like I like that it's not like somebody who's just like worshiping dumbledore and that's where you find the truth is through his family but yeah like dumbledore is, is kind of a shit like they and they said it in the movie i think snape says it like he was he led harry to a lamb like slaughter like it was just but like you know he loved him like there was definitely that's something. why like because when that happens it's after the the potters die so he hasn't met harry yet mm-hmm. and so and then they do show a scene later that he's like don't don't tell me you've come to to care for the boy and you just kind of see he it's in the beginning it's supposed to be before the sixth one Mm -hmm. where 
I, I agree with you. I, I think he does love Harry. I think he didn't intend on it. I think he didn't plan on it, mm-hmm. but he really does. He sees a little bit of himself in Harry. He, he sees the goodness in Harry's heart and he knows also how important Harry is yeah. but for the greater good. Dumbledore yeah, yeah, yeah. is always going to sacrifice Harry to save the wizarding world, no matter what, but mm-hmm. it, it comes off and it's, it's portrayed perfectly. And you see this through the Pensieve in uh, after Snape is killed by Nagini, which is brutal because he couldn't just have out of him. He sends his snake to kill Snape. But I agree. It's just very, it's complex and it makes him co- a little bit co- more complex. And yeah. And it also, it goes to show that like Harry is just as willing to die. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like he's like quibbling, like, no, don't kill me. No, like he, like, even though, Dumbledore's ready to sacrifice something for the greater good. Harry's just as willing to die for the greater good. Like he knows, like, all right, if I got to go out to defeat this dude, like, let's go. Like, and like, so it's not like, like, as, and that's where it's a bit of Dumbledore. Like, that's where Dumbledore, like, rubbed off on him because mm-hmm. he knows, like, all right, like, Harry like, is, knew this was the end. Now I got to do it. And that's, that's the incredible part about Harry is that. He's been through so much. He's lost everything and he's still just so selfless. He knows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Sometimes he's a, you know, an angsty teen, but he, he kid, knows yeah. what he's got to do. And, but he's got all everybody that supports him there. And he just says to them, kill the snake. Um, like, I'm going to go do this. Nobody's going to yeah. die because no more deaths because of me. Cause you know, uh, people end up dying. Uh, I can never remember if it's Fred or George who dies in part one, but there's a lot of cool scenes in this. And I, and I, I don't want to talk a little bit about them is um, so when they walk through the portrait to get back into Hogwarts in the room of requirement, that is a scene, no matter how many times I watch it, I always get goosebumps when he walks through um, and they're all like, yeah. And yeah. Then, they're all the- battle worn too. Like they look mm-hmm. like disheveled by the, the, the twins that brutalized them. And then they leads directly. The next scene is a scene in the Great Hall that is awesome as well, where uh, McGonagall and, and Snape fight, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like, "Hey, stood you stood where he stood like that," mm-hmm. or yells at him, right? And that in the book that happens in just like a, a hallway, like it's just the three of them basically. Mm-hmm. But then we learn again about it more about Snape, who's he was put up. He was told he has to kill Dumbledore. Yep, and the you best think- character. But also, Snape's been a dick like the entire time. Like, I, mm-hmm. I, that's the one thing that like always. But like, he, he didn't have to always be an asshole. Oh like, yeah, he didn't have to be. That's just him. But he's just like, like he's a dick. But yeah, you love him because you learn more about him. And David Yates did a really good job in this. Um, the, well, how about uh, the joke where it's always like you have your mother's eyes? Mm-hmm. Did you you know he had? They tested him for contacts in the first movie. But he oh, like really? had an allergic reaction to it. Yeah, he. Oh. They tried to get him green eyes. Oh, that's throughout funny. the series, but for whatever reason, like contacts, it like irritate his eyes too much. Yeah, that's funny. I didn't know that. And then I really love the scene after he comes back to life when he jumps out of ha- ha- Hagrid's hands, mm-hmm. and everyone's like, "Oh shit!" And even the look on Voldemort's <laughs> face. Um, and he's I'm like, back, "Oh bitch. no!" Yeah. <laughs> but really, one of the most emotional performances I think is. Before he goes and dies, he's surrounded by everybody he loves with the resurrection stone. And then this is when mm. you you realize later, but Harry is the owner of the Deathly Hallows. Mm-hmm. And even like Hagrid, like poor Hagrid, like mm-hmm. 
has to carry this boy's dead body. Like he just want to talk about somebody that loves him. Like Hagrid loves oh, this yeah. motherfucker. He like, brought Harry after brought Harry to Hogwarts, and now mm-hmm. he's carrying his dead body. And mm-hmm. Hagrid absolutely why can't, loves him. Why can't he do magic? Like didn't they prove that he he can? He got expelled in chamber. But I'm Secrets saying like like after that there's something with wasn't the, it proven though. Like the spider, like something yeah, with the but spider. But I, I know he was, Voldemort set him up to get expelled. But after the second movie, they should have figured out like, oh, it wasn't Hagrid. Well, they so didn't know. Like, they didn't know it was Tom that opened the Chamber of Secrets. And they after the second movie, what, like wouldn't Dumbledore be like, oh, motherfuckers? Like, well, after the second <laughs> movie at that point. But like he got expelled in his second year. They took his wand. Yeah. I don't think they ever wanted him there. I think Dumbledore uh, vouched for him. Yeah, but just give him some night classes, <laughs> some yeah. community college. I guess but, Hogwarts um, night classes, so he could have fought. But, but yeah, yeah, like so the the final battles, disappointingly yeah. fine. Like, and that's the thing. It's just well in the book. It's I like what they did. I like that they Thanos snapped Voldemort away. It was weird. I would have preferred just kind of a dead body. Like I think that would have been better. But the fact that like he evaporated because he has no soul. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of like that, but in the book, it's just very much. It's in the Great Hall. It's a huge conversation, and then it's just it, Expelliarmus. That's kind of really it. Yeah, and that's it's just that green beam, red beam again. Like it's just like again, like got a little flair, a little more, a little more flair to it. I don't know, but well, that's why they expanded. That's why it's 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 a battle through the entire castle. Why they mm-hmm. apparate together? He kicks him. Oh, that apparition! I forgot about that. That's weird. Yeah, it is weird. <laughs> that part could have been skipped. Um, <laughs> another thing that I hate is Neville doesn't get to kill Bellatrix. Like, I think it should have been redemption for sure. Redemption a bit more, yeah, because you don't know Bellatrix. That's also tortured. a great moment though for Mrs. Weasley. Yeah, it's fine. You, my daughter, you bitch, and it just yeah. suffocates her death. It should again. Un, it should be unforgivable curse. <laughs> she explodes. Oh, uh, like yeah, but like again, that's not an unforgivable curse. <laughs> I don't know that? what the hell that. What is, is that spell? <laughs> this is a, this is where the movie took some liberty. I don't know what the hell that was, but and the other thing is like in the card game, the Harry Potter card game, every spell has like a a hand movement and like a phrase. Oh yeah, that's like, gone. That's gone. That's, that's gone. Long yeah. gone. That's long gone. Because like a, they, they abandoned that after like the second movie. Because there's isn't even the book. It's like, you can do spells without words. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh my God. Where in the movies, they're just like... <laughs> they're just... Everything is... <laughs> um, <laughs> they're just teleporting. Like okay. Nightcrawler all over the place. <laughs> but yeah, then you learn that Harry had the the Elder Wand. It was actually belonged to him. So he had all three. Mm-hmm. snaps it in half. And they wrap everything up. And they even give you an epilogue. Mm-hmm. Um, Stupid Harry. I'm just going to throw this wand away. You idiot. Like, what are you doing? I don't, he's done, dude. He doesn't care. He but does he becomes an R. He yeah, could be a cool R with a cool wand. Like, he doesn't want it. He doesn't want it. It doesn't matter. Which Dumbledore no. also. Well, also, here we go. My age old discussion. What is the Elder Wand? Why is the Elder Wand the greatest wand of all time? No one can explain know. it. No one can. It doesn't. Does it Lumos any brighter? Does it Avada Kedavra? Does it people die better? Well, I think. I do think that it being the more powerful wand gives you, they don't really explain it, 
but it gives you it's a it's based on a folktale mm-hmm. and it gives you an, an upper hand i believe and the fact that it didn't really belong to voldemort is why it started to crack and it mm-hmm. didn't really wasn't responding to him but Stupid. i don't know that's for another day you know what i learned i learned from his rewatch and uh probably rereading these books are terrible that's just jk rowling is a shut up these terrible writer perfect. these books are as perfect. awful as a person I, she is she's also a terrible writer i actually really what i what this conversation is making me want to do is go reread i do want to reread the last like three books because again they're like the ones i haven't read so in forever do it. Do i'm it. a stephen king deep diver at the moment so so what this this is the end of the of the Harry Potter franchise until we got Cursed Child, which I have seen the the original two part. Now it's just one and Fantastic Beast. But this is a this is a franchise we'll, that's beloved. We'll never talk about. <laughs> no, I've done that previously recorded. Go check it out. This is going to be like I end up being like our longest episode, which is crazy. Um, mm-hmm. But we did have to talk about eight movies. Because they tie into the game. The movies are perfect for the game. The game is perfect for the movies. This franchise means so much to me um, on on a bunch of different levels with a bunch of different people. And it's something that uh, we can share. It's something that I can share with my wife, her family, your wife, Shanks. uh, So many people that have just this love. And I just, I love it. I just, Mm -hmm. I really, really do. I love these movies. Uh, I always watch them. I I can't wait to show them to my kids at some point. I can't wait to read them, the books. I can't wait to go back to the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. It's the only thing that comes close to my love for like Marvel is like Harry Potter. Like they're just, they're neck and neck. I love them. And I know they're special for you too. Yeah. Like I said, I, I don't deep dive as hard as you and like my wife but i do i read the books when they were coming out like i did all the midnight openings for the last i think the last one yeah that's crazy it was a it was a it was a phenomenon like it was and it was it was a big part of my life and i i do think that they're important like culturally and to people they mean a lot and i could see why like it is just such a good message of friendship and love and just it's everything good in a book series and it's very much like one of those things that you'll very rarely find someone that hasn't seen them you might find somebody who doesn't like them but mm-hmm. at least they've they've seen them they've and, tried and it's something that you can connect with somebody over oh why didn't you like that well this is why blah 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 blah, blah. Mm-hmm. and it's just kind of that that thing that even the community despite what the author has done has the community remains the same the community mm-hmm loves one another it's it's not a toxic fan base either like people superhero fan base can be very toxic mm-hmm. the star wars fan base can be very toxic with each other but harry potter discussion you never really see it go the way of toxicity because i just feel like this is dumb to say but like i feel like there's always just like a mutual respect between harry potter mm-hmm. fans, where it's always just like yeah no I, okay i see your point uh, or you know what they did you know where they didn't do this well or i think they did it well but no matter what you don't see this this like ownership over the everything needs to be this way and maybe because they're yeah. books and not comic books and you know star wars is all created new maybe that's why i don't know but yeah um, I, don't, I never really thought about that you're right though like every fandom is pretty toxic except for this one like it's really yeah. not like 
Erwin, because, the only thing that's toxic is we all banned it again against yeah. the, the creator. <laughs> yeah, and we push back, and and people just don't acknowledge JK anymore, and mm-hmm. and they people have shown it too, despite the movies not being great. The box office returns aren't great on those those movies, and I think she has a lot to do with that. Um, yeah, and so yeah, because like you just don't, and you go to Wizarding World, and everybody that's there, you don't see everyone be like, "Why is that person wearing a cloak?" Like. Mm-hmm. If you whether you're two or you're 85 and you're 200 cloak or 200, <laughs> the age of Dumbledore, you're fine. Like people are just mm-hmm. like, yeah, that's cool, man. I get it. Whatever. I don't know. It's just a very much a, a very thing that doesn't happen nowadays. Yeah. Um, and I'm always happy to talk about them in this mm-hmm. rambling portion that we did. But um, all right. Yeah. Well, I think well, that that's the end. Us. Give if a shout around. out to JK. Thanks for listening. <laughs> um, give up the franchise. Yeah. <laughs> Sell it. Move along. But as always, thank you to everybody. Um, like, follow, subscribe. Be kind. Subscribe. Uh, you want some merch, some sweet Gateway Gamers and previous recorded stickers and merch, go to the Redbubble. And like always, thank you for being here. This is probably going to be our longest episode ever. It wasn't meant to be, but it is something we're passionate about. Mm-hmm. Producer yeah. Alger is not going to be happy with this. No, 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 no. I'm giving very, a list of demands. I want noises. I want... I would there's, there's beep the mud of, the mud bloods have to be beeped the out. There's a ton of clips that could be added for this movie for these eight freaking movies, but I need uh, I need wizard interest, sounds. I need in the interest of time, I don't know if she's gonna be able to do it. But yes, that's that does it for us here. Um, and if you like what you heard, remember to head over to previously recorded. We got a couple Harry Potter episodes, and that as always, I will plug our friends over at uh, Harry Potter and the Half Drunk Podcast. Uh, they do really good work, I believe. They are on a sabbatical right now. Uh, the one host just had a baby, but they might be coming back shortly congrats 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 emily and we will talk to you guys later yep thank you so much for lasting this long if you did love you love you bye